So Kingdom War for Christ online radio show, plainly put, is a show that really focuses on environments where believers are placed today and where we can literally invite Jesus to take over our day-to-day. Kingdom War for Christ is the full-time job of inviting Jesus to take over the day-to-day. It is based off of the Great Commission of Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where Jesus, right after he lived the perfect life that we should have lived before sin, once he resurrected, conquering death, that death that we should have had because we sinned, Jesus, before going to the Father, left a set of instructions and a beautifully ordered set of instructions for his followers. And he said this, he said it to all those who were following him, both those who doubted and those who believed and worshipped. And he said, one, know that all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. Two, therefore go, make disciples of nations. Three, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Four, teaching them to obey my commandments. And five, know that I'm with you always till the end of the age. It is under the authority of Jesus Christ that we are able then, as believers in in Christ, to say, here is this environment where I am, environments of gossip, environments where sexuality is an issue, environments where there are second chances at life, where people have experienced near-death experiences, environments where there are politics involved, environments where there's cultural diversity involved, environments where there is a a loss of, of will to live where suicide is involved. All these are topics that we have addressed on this show. And we have seen and heard testimonies of how God today is so active and so faithful and so pursuing of us. And so it's just been really a blessing. And so what we do one day is we will, we, one show we will focus on what the Bible says. We'll go through testimonies and stories within the word itself. And then after that, we will hear how this is taking place today. Are the Acts only a book in the Bible? The answer is a categorical, a categorical no. The Acts are happening today. The spread, the good news of the gospel is happening today among so many different nations, among so many different environments. And it starts when believers in Christ kneel before the throne and say, I am willing to do whatever it takes for this good news to be spread And that's what this show does. That's what we're talking about. And that's why I'm super excited to have Rohini. To give you some background about Rohini, Rohini is a Christ follower and a kingdom worker for Christ first. She has a powerful testimony, and you'll hear more from her firsthand. I don't want to give too much of that background because there's no better person to explain the testimony than Rohini. And God's leading hand through a lot of unexpected circumstances will be tying into our topic, our environment of, of how we handle our blind spots. Rohini was born and raised in a Hindu Sikh family in New Delhi, India, and her loving parents taught her to believe in a God through many forms of Hindu gods and Sikh gurus. But however, Christ was really passionately pursuing her heart. And and the beautiful thing is we're going to hear a little bit about how that happened today. But he was passionately pursuing her heart for his glory. And so 18 years ago, through unforeseen circumstances, through that blind spot, she got a chance to accept him as Lord and Savior, and she did. And today, she is not only an advocate in her family for her children, but she's also an advocate very specifically, which I'm excited for her to tell us more about on this show and the next, for military spouses and their children. 
Her foundation, a nonprofit advocacy organization called National Military Spouse Advocacy Organization, was founded on a lot based on a lot of the experiences she had and Flash still has, and has an incredible um, opportunity to really touch and be the voice of those who don't have a voice. And so I am exceptionally humbled that she accepted this invitation to be on the show today. And um, I want to welcome you. Hi, Rohini. Hi, Emma. Thank you for having me. And actually, I'm the one who is humbled that you uh, made this invitation possible. So thank you for having me. Uh, praise God. No, I'm, I'm super excited. Well, one of the things that we talked about, Rohini, last time is, you know, how the Lord takes these unforeseen circumstances whether it's um, a person who thinks he knows it all, right, like Saul was, and he has all the, he has all the, the study, the education to go behind it, and the background, the cultural background to go behind it as well, and then humbles that person and does a 180 in their life, or it's taking a blind man who is so used to being completely blind that he doesn't have a perspective of how everything he, he has, Jesus, is right in front of him to be healed. Um, God takes that and he really transforms people and gives them hope and a purpose in his kingdom in a really unique and, and, and way that only Jesus Christ can do. And so I want to hear a little bit about how you came to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Um, yes, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I was you know, born and raised in India, very much a Hindu Sikh environment. And, um, you know, attend the temples with my parents, with my brother, and couldn't really comprehend what was being said in these temples because it was mostly in Sanskrit and in Punjabi. Um, And we didn't speak Sanskrit at home. We spoke Hindi at home. So I would go through the motions, attend these temples, and not really comprehend what um, you know, their word of God was about. Um, but I would just go through the motions and attend it anyways. And then um, mm-hmm. as I got older, um, just really started searching for God. We were going through some difficult times in our family, and uh, um, I was just really on a hunt for God, and uh, yet worshiping and believing in these false gods. Uh, there's a God for academics, God for money, God for health, God for wisdom. And, um, I mean, if you can imagine, it's almost like literally having a list of numerous gods to pray to on a daily basis. And with time, I just, um, as I got older, I became very fearful of what if I had forgotten to pray to this one God? Does that mean I'm not going to be blessed in that area? And um, oh, wow. one thing that uh, Hinduism and Sikhism is famous for is fear. Uh, it's definitely um, very strong in fear, and that's their their um, motivation for belief is through fear, um, which is a complete opposite of uh, Christianity, um, true relationship with Christ. Um, and these are true religions, therefore they're very ritual-based, um, where, whereas, you know, believing in Christ and having a relationship with Christ is not as that. Um so with any, you know, with with all this, it was very difficult. Um, yet I, you know, was able to comply the best that I could, and um, my journey in Christ really started uh, 
when I married my husband. Uh, I dated him for five and a half years, and we had a child, and we started having some um, adversity, some trials in our lives right after we got married. And um, during the dating time, um, I never once saw him pick up the Bible or pray or attend church. Um, However, after being married and having a child, all of a sudden, um, due to these difficult times, he became very interested in attending church again, reading the Bible again, and um, making comments that at that time were very hurtful and repulsive, such as, you know, if you don't believe in Christ, you're not going to go to heaven, and you're not going to know me, and all these things which, to a non-Christian, are very threatening comments, because they have no comprehension of the true meaning behind this. Um, so I would go to church with him, yet I was very rebellious. Um, we had conflicts all the time, Sunday mornings. And then during a uh, work conference, I sat next to a colleague who, um, instead of the usual, how are you, turned to me and said, so what church do you go to? And I just thought she had lost her mind. What kind of a opening <laughs> question is that? Um, yet I was very, you know, respectful as I had been raised to be. And I said, um, well, I don't go to church, but my, I've been attending church with my husband. And um, little did I know that she began praying for me from that moment. And um, oh, wow. she said, God put it on her heart um, to begin praying for me. And I was completely oblivious to this information. So things started heating up. Um, I became more and more rebellious to this concept, but yet still complied in certain formats, such as um, um, this lady's name is Deborah. She convinced me to attend Billy Graham Crusade with my husband. Um, So I went and saw thousands of people just pouring down to the arena and accepting Christ and then rededicating their lives to Christ. And I just looked at all of them and I just thought, they're nuts. They're crazy. What are they doing? Exactly. And, uh, Can someone help them out? <laughs> yes, I thought they had lost their mind. So I'm going to sit here, and I'm not going to budge, and I'm not going to comply. Um, it, they're, they're just crazy, and I'm not going to be a participant in that craziness. So I just sat there the whole time and listened to Billy Graham and completely hard-hearted. Nothing penetrated me yet I was still on a hunt for God. And um, so I left Billy Graham Crusade completely unsaved, if that's even possible. I mean, that's how rebellious I was. And Mm. then um, things were heating up within my marriage. Things were not going well. And I remember one day driving um, on a long road trip. It was about two and a half hours long. I was just so broken and uh, completely lost and desperate. And I remember crying out to God and saying, okay, Jesus, if you call yourself God and you're so real, then prove yourself to me. And it was incredible. Within a matter of minutes, I saw a sign after sign after sign after Rohini, are you there? Rohini? Uh, Rohini, I think I just lost you. Oh. 
exit okay, so, on the highway. Oh, Rohini, I actually lost you for, for a while after you said sign after sign after sign. So would you mind repeating? Rohini, are you there? Hello? Okay. So while Rohini is, is coming back in, um, one of the things that's, uh, that's amazing about everything that she was just talking about was how to, the assumption would be that for a Billy Graham campaign or a, a, a Billy Graham um, event, that people would automatically have this reaction and, and that they will automatically come to, you know, know the Lord. But it looks like this wasn't Rohini's experience. And it's actually, it was kind of refreshing to hear Rohini talk about her experience of not having, you know, in touch with this Bill Graham um, crusade, because a lot of times it's easy for us to sort of assume that people are having the exact same experience when the bottom line is we have different journeys and different ways in which the gospel penetrates our hearts. So Rohini, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. I apologize. I'm not sure what happened, but yeah, no, not not a problem at all. I was just recapping and saying to our listeners as you were um, uh, tuning back in that one of the things that's amazing when you were explaining your testimony is that the Billy Graham crusade, which you would, you know, people would have assumed, oh yeah, that would have absolutely touched her, didn't at that point, you know, and how how it's amazing it, the ways in which different people come to the Lord in different ways, absolutely, and, and how we need to take that into consideration, you know, when we're spreading the good news of the gospel, even to the people that we think it's not quote unquote working with, you know, <laughs> working for. No, and I think that's the key point, which is when you think that someone like me could end up at Billy Graham Crusade and you turn around and say, oh, my goodness, she listened to Billy Graham and there is no hope left for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, She exactly. can't be moved at that time that there's just no possibility. But, you no, know, God is a, a God of all possibilities, especially in the most impossible situations. And uh, that's what it took. Um, so after that, there were many other, you know, many events that took place until the day after Christmas um, that same very year. And um, I w- just randomly went to my mother-in-law's um, friend about five and a half hours away. We were supposed to be there for half an hour. And this woman was a very devout Christian. And, um, you know, the way that she was speaking, I just thought she was crazy. Um, I didn't believe a word that she was saying because she was just so <laughs> dramatic. Um, everything was praise God and God is so good and Jesus is so good. And I'm going, oh, goodness, get me out of here. Um, but little did I know <laughs> that going into her home would literally change the rest of my life. But we were supposed to be there for half an hour. And for five and a half hours, this woman ministered to me. And um, if you have any knowledge of Hindu um environment and the religion, they are very strong in astrology. Um, and uh, my family was very strong in astrology as well. So it's amazing what God did. God used bring me to trust in him. She was able to share certain things that my mother-in-law was not privy to. And so there, therefore, there's no way that she would have known these things. 
So I was sitting there thinking, how does she know this? How does she know all these things? Hmm. And she was reassuring me that things are going to be okay and things are going to be fine, but God is telling me that you cannot leave my home until you accept Christ. And I said, well, that's not happening. Um, so oh, wow. five and a half hours later, she had me on my knees after disclosing a lot of things, which now I know the Holy Spirit was guiding her through. And I remember the moment when I was accepting Christ by saying the prayer, I have never felt the amount of fear that I felt during those moments of accepting Christ. It's that fear where you feel feel it so deeply that it penetrates your bones type of a fear. Um, mm. And it's way beyond, you know, um, blowing your curfew and you think your parents are going to kill you sort of a fear. It's multiplied by many times type of a fear. And now I understand, you know, much later I understood that it was the fear being brought by the enemy because I was renouncing the false gods and accepting the one true living God and and, oh, wow. and allowing Jesus to, to bless the Holy Spirit to enter me. And it was amazing how as soon as I got done with the prayer, I felt very warm. Um, and that fear was no longer there. Um, and then when I left her home, Half an hour later, I vomited profusely, um, which, you know, wow. later on I understood what that meant. Um, and with that in mind, I recalled that my grandmother would go to Hindu priests and have spells put on my father and my mom and my brother and I. And um, that, you know, that possibly may have been, uh, you know, God delivering me from those spells as I accepted Jesus in my life. Um, so it was just wow. a very... Now, Rohini, sorry, can you, can you um, bring the, the microphone a little closer to your mouth and really yes. speak up? Because yes. I don't want to miss anything you're saying. And I, I think one of the things I wanted to ask, that fear that you felt wasn't... We're not talking about awe. We're not talking about that you know, healthy fear of God. We're talking about literally fear, flight or fear type of fear, Right. Yes, it is a, a fear of you're about to do something that is beyond horrible, um, and you may not do that. Um, you're not permitted to do that, that type of fear. Um, which uh, so I lost you for a second. You said you're about to do something that is beyond? Mm-hmm. Yes, that it's, it's, it's not the, the, the fear it's not that type of fear that's beyond the, the type of fear of um, you're about to do something wrong. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's intense fear. It's multiplied. It's magnified type of fear. Wow. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. The devil is a liar. <laughs> yes. That's, that's the sure. bottom line. Wow. Um, sorry to interrupt. So, then what happened? You, you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Yeah, so I remember going back home and my husband looking at me and, um, you know, making a comment that there's something different about you. And, uh, you know, things just um, kind of were the same for a while. Um, and then after a few months, um, things changed. 
um, during that time, my husband was showing through the spirit. And after about a few months, that through the spirit disappeared, um, where he was once reading the Bible diligently, um, that was no longer taking place. And in this process, um, what began happening is um, a lot of spiritual abuse began where he would read Bible verses and take it out of context um, and uh, use it towards the children and I. And that's how we spent the next, um, you know, 18 years or so. Um, so for about 18 years, uh, before I, you Before you go on, I, I want to clarify something really quickly for people who are listening in who don't quite know what you mean by he was showing the fruit of the Spirit. Can you talk to us about what that means? Sure. Fruit of the Spirit is, um, you know, love, peace, joy. Um, when, when you have fruit of the Spirit, when you're in Christ, um, you, you do everything that brings healthy fear of Christ in you, and you do your best in honoring God and pleasing God and trying your best in interpreting the verses and knowing that God can't possibly mean something negative from those verses. God can't possibly permit us to manipulate others to those verses. We, we are to comprehend these verses and know that he's, he's our good, good father who means the best for us. Um, that's Absolutely. what I mean by the, the, the healthy fear and uh, the fruit of the spirit. Um, and and to clarify, that, specifically you're please. talking about the Galatians 5, 23, where he talks, where it says what the fruit of the spirit is. And it says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and such yes. things, there's no law. And so thank you for, for explaining that to us because that's something that's so powerful to remember also as Christ followers. There, there needs to be fruit. It can't just be I'm a Christian, checkbox done, right? No. Which no, leads us to your next 18 not. years. Yep. Yes. So for the next 18 years, the children and I became very careful of um, not me- memorizing verses. Uh, we would deliberately not memorize verses because we were in the fear of, um, following m- my husband's footsteps of knowing the verses, knowing the Bible, um, being academic Christians, and then manipulating it, twisting it to our own advantage. So what this did in the next 18 years is it strengthened our faith. So we literally survived just on our faith. We would attend church. We would listen to sermons. We would sing the Christian songs. But when we were reading the Bible, our hearts were not in knowing scripture, knowing the verses, because we, we knew that the meaning that was coming from my husband was not the true meaning of the verses. Um, so that's how we've lived for 18 years up until last two and a half years where wow. um, our lives just changed dramatically. Yeah, and one of the things that I want to um, to emphasize as we're about to continue with your testimony is that, <clears throat> for those of you listening in, we are 
this is definitely a show where we do believe in honor, honor of our, our mothers or fathers, honor yeah. of our husbands or wives. This is yeah. not, you know, a, a, by any stretch of the imagination, a testimony that is meant to bash. And I want to make it crystal clear that it is, however, a show where we are talking about the authentic Christian lifestyle. And we do ourselves a disfavor if we can't get into topics that are complicated with oomph and, and, and gumption to state the truth as it is, but to always bring it back to the center of it all, which is Christ. And so you Absolutely. are going to be hearing about, you know, the authentic testimony of my sister in Christ. And I want you to keep that in mind, um, you know, that some of what we are talking about is with the intent to be authentic, not the intent to disparage. So um, thank you. Thank you for your authenticity, Rohini, and, and sorry to interrupt. So once no, no, you, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So two years ago, you had this shift, um, which you were about to tell us about. Yes, and um, before I open up that shift, um, I must also share that in the 18 years, um, another thing that was taking place is my husband's family, who claimed to be Christians, were actually um, very much doing the same thing, which is taking the verses out of context, using it to their advantage, continuing in their sinful nature, um, and claiming that once they were saved, um, God had given them permission to continue sinning, um, which was, which is not the truth. Um, so this is how ch- my children and I had survived, and it's truly miraculous that we're able to hang on to and discover and uh, truly know um, the the true, you know, Lord and Savior mm-hmm. in the midst of all this deception that has taken place. And yeah. in the last two years. Um, Things turned. Uh, my husband, um, he's a military uh, active duty member at that time, um, abandoned us, deserted us, and uh, used a federal law to force us into homelessness. Um, there was a tremendous amount of abuse taking place every day in our home and where I had to question um, if we could continue living in that toxic environment or not. And even though my faith in Christ was strong, believe I was a mature Christian at that time, my prayers were full of worry. My prayers were full of crying out to God. But I was completely oblivious to the, um, the power of the spiritual warfare, the power of the armor of God, the power of prayer, the power of um, taking authority through our, our Lord and Savior Jesus when we pray. And I've learned so much during these trials of being abandoned, deserted, and being homeless in the last two years. It's, um, it's an incredible thing when you can listen to um, Chuck Swindoll or Tony Evans um, or attend you know, certain Christian-based events such as the Great Banquet that's held in Vienna, Virginia. And your, your outlook is different when you're attending these things, when you're listening to summons, because you're completely broken and you're so in desperate need for God to intervene right. at any cost. Um, it's almost like you, you build this sixth sense of um, 
just really comprehending what God has to say and, and becoming hungry for Christ. And that's exactly what happened to my son and I. But in this process, as my son and I became closer to Christ, my daughter, who's older, she walked away from Christ. Um, she's walked away from the Lord completely, uh, unfortunately. But my son and I have gotten closer in Christ, and we've learned so much, um, so many things, so many miracles that we witnessed in the last two years um, have just been incredible. People that we haven't even met yet have gone above and beyond in being used by Christ to assist us. Um, things have happened in litigation in court that I could have never anticipated. God literally using his hand and making it so visible in, in taking care of us in providing for us, in holding my hand. It's just been an incredible journey. Wow, that's amazing. You know, it reminds me, Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know, and, and that he's close is, is something that feels very real when when brokenness is is right at the center, you know it's it's amazing how we kind of have head knowledge of that, but in those moments where we're blindsided, in those moments where we're like completely down, if we really submit to the Lord, we can feel that nearness, we can feel that closeness, and you're so right, He's so faithful. So and I faithful. think this is when blind trust enters the equation. Um, you know, when you have nowhere to turn. No, no other hope, and you're clinging by that thread. You learn that blind trust so quickly, but it's up to us. Are we going to continue to blindly trust in God, who faithfully continues to show his favor, his miracles, his blessings to us? Or are we going to take over that control away from him, thinking that I can do this better, I know what I'm doing. I've got this. God, you don't know what you're doing, or this is not your responsibility. But that's not what the Bible tells us. That's not God's word. He tells us to rely on him when we're weak, because when we're weak, he is strong. And that's where blind trust comes in. When we are blindly trusting in him, he's strengthening our faith. He's strengthening our trust in him, and he's telling us he's got this. Amen. we could just you know, ride on that blind trust, but we're human. We'll go mm-hmm. in waves. We'll, we'll climb that mountain of blind trust and then we'll fall right down. But as yeah. long as we climb it right back up, that's the most important thing. And exactly. um, I spent Absolutely. 20 years questioning, 18 years actually questioning, you know, God, did you pick the right person for me as my husband? Um, you know, maybe divorce is the right answer. And uh, how is this going to possibly resolve? And in the last two years, I have learned to fervently put my husband in God's hands at his feet and fervently, powerfully, blindly trusting in my God to restore my marriage and to know that what God has created, no man can divide. And God clearly says that in the Bible. He is a God for marriages. He is a God for family. 
It is not his will for marriages to be destroyed, homes to be broken. And I'm so grateful that I got to learn that in the last two years and just really stand by my marriage no matter what. Wow. And I think um, one thing that I want to highlight that you shared with us that's pretty powerful, Rohini, is that you you are addressing um, the abuse. It's not that you are keeping yourself in an unsafe situation either. And there there is a lot to say about that, and I think that's really important to highlight because it, God is a God who wants restoration, and God is a God who wants safety for his people. And I think that it's really important to know that if you're listening in and you are in an abusive situation, that the Lord is your biggest advocate as well, and the Lord is trying to get you safe as well. Um, he is a God of restoration, but you can have that balance of seeking safety, ensuring that your children are safe as well, and trusting in God for restoration, however he, however he chooses to restore, um, you know, which can look very different for, from each marriage to another. But I, I really wanted to bring that out and to highlight that because what we're, tr- what we're talking about today is not blind trust, keep being in an abusive situation and put yourself in danger. We're talking about trusting God, even through the blind spots and also trusting him in his leading you to safety. We, because the Lord's name is a strong tower and those who run to him, the righteous who run to him will find safety. And I think that's, um, that's something that's, that's, that highlights the faithfulness of our Lord as well. Absolutely. Blind trust does not mean that we are not to discern. God gives that discernment, and we are to use that discernment. Um, But it's imperative that we continue to trust blindly in God for what he can do in his faithfulness. But at the same time, God gives us authority, and he gives us the permission to protect our children and protect ourselves. And and that's what we've had to do. My favorite... um, passage in the bottom of my favorite verse is um, John 10, 10 comes mm, only yes. to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And that is such a powerful verse. Um, and so applicable to my background and my, my history, my upbringing um, where the thief was strong in stealing and killing and destroying but then Jesus came, the truth came, my father Amen. was able to come and show me that I can have life and have it to the fullest by knowing him, by accepting him, by loving him and growing closer to him. Yes, and you don't have to keep straight which God to go to, when, for what, at no. which, in <laughs> which method, <laughs> using which rituals. Oh, my goodness, yes. it's, it's so intricate. Yes. It's crazy. It is. It is. It's um, pretty complicated. It's um. It's pretty sad. Um, do you know the um, the definition of blind trust? It is um, unable us. to see, sightless, lacking perception, awareness or discernment. And particularly, it is an understanding and judgment or perception. Through blindness, through blindness. 
So I just found that very fascinating, um, the true definition of blind trust. Absolutely. And and the thing that's, I love what you just brought up, because within that context, it's not losing it to keep it lost, but it's losing our own, our human ability to see so that it can be replaced with God's eyes, with God's direction, with God's wisdom, with God's understanding. And I think that's what was so powerful about Saul's to Paul's transformation is that when his blind trust led to adopting the sight of the Lord and, and really submitting himself to the direction and the understanding of the Lord, he was able to guide the people following him and himself through this beautiful journey of spreading the gospel and of being a true, authentic Christian. Um, Absolutely, and that's one of my, um, actually that is our, the favorite story in the Bible is the story of Saul being transformed (laughs) into Paul, and it just speaks so so deeply to us, to my son and I, and that's what we claim is that transformation for my husband through fervent prayers, and um, there's countless people praying for him, and, you know, even in the midst of being told, um, for example, you know, there, there's a verse, and you have to forgive me, like I said, I'm not academically there in verses, um, but there's oh, a no verse worries. in the Bible that says, um, judge not, um, you know, un- unless, until you are judged, and take the, um, take something uh, out of your eye before you, um, I the plank remember. out of your eye. Yes, the plank out of your eye, and I can't even imagine, I can't even tell you how many times that verse was said to us, and it's it's pretty shameful. I should have it memorized by now how many times I've heard it, um, but I don't. And I think that there's a reason why we don't have that verse memorized, because that is not God's truth when it's related and twisted. Um, God has given us authority to judge others. Judgment is not wrong. It is God's judgment. However, we have to take the plank out of our eye before we help another Christian brother or sister in Christ in helping them take the plank out of their eye. That's what that verse means. Um, but that's not what that verse meant in our home, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, it's mm. through the grace and um, the truth in God that we're, we're able to now finally learn what the verses mean and uh, no longer be deceived. Um, and I just praise God for that. You know, I'm so encouraged because I, so pulling back from a third party perspective, as I'm listening to testimony here, you grow up with a religion with a lot of different rules, if you will. Right. Yes. And, 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 and a lot of things to memorize if you think about it and you go into a situation that brings you to a relationship with Christ Jesus. And now you have the ability to, have the relationship and you know that that old it's almost like that pull that you had within your marriage with the manipulation of the verses was sort of a pull back to the memorization type of method that you grew up with when you were following Hinduism right and and it's, um, it's absolutely you know and to see the God's faithfulness to see Jesus saying you know you don't have to go back to that. Yes, this is being presented in front of you, but the intimacy with me is what I want to use to grow you, Rohini. Shows and speaks loudly to the faithfulness 
of, of the Lord, even when the tools that are supposed to be used for his glory are, are misused. You know, it goes beyond just the pages and the letters on the book. It's the living word of God. And so your testimony speaks powerfully to that is that Jesus is who he, he's as real as it gets. Right. And so with or without all the others, he's still real and he will still transform us for his glory if we will say yes. And that's amazing Absolutely. about your testimony. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, you know, like I said before, it's truly a miracle that my son and I are able to see um, the true meaning, the true power of Christ, e- even while being in the dirty waters. Um, we're able to, to, to see God's provision, see God's hand and his truth behind it. And, and we're still standing in that, that we have not been deceived. We haven't followed that path. Um, and I think that's, that's just amazing to me. Um, and one of the things that I really want to emphasize to the people listening is um, when I accepted Christ, when the message of Jesus was given to me and my first Bible was given to me, I really wish, looking back, that as the Bible was given to me, a book on the armor of God would have been given to me. When I read the amazing book by Priscilla Schreier on the armor of God, it, um, it really educated me. And it's, 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 um, it's in conjunction with that movie, War Room, that's from the Kendrick Brothers. A great where movie. They, yep. Yes, it was, I've seen it 17 times now. Um, Are you <laughs> yes, I'm what was I'm it, 18 so years uh, since you accepted Jesus? Just one more time, you'd be set. <laughs> I know, right? So um, I find that we're very, very powerfully portrayed through that movie, which is um, how the character goes from being a lukewarm Christian into this hot, hot woman for Christ. And her prayer life mm-hmm. changed, and she took authority, and she was taught, just like in a military battle, it's important to be educated on the enemy. That's how you defeat the enemy. And as we learn the meaning of Christ, it is so imperative that we are taught on how powerful Satan can be and is through his deception and his lies how powerful the armor of God is for us to put on every single morning on ourselves and our children and our spouses and our family members. And, you know, even though I'm learning them now after 18 years, it's still not too late, but I think it's, it's, it's knowledge that as Christians we must have when we go on our knees to pray to Christ, we need to take authority that's authority that I never knew of. That's, mm, um, that's a that's great something point. That, yes, that knowledge that I was never given, um, that I had that authority, where it was mostly just prayers of desperation. God, please do this. God, can you please do that? Can you answer my prayers? Will you do this? Will you do that? And we Sending the changes. Yes. And um, it's um, it's incredible. And one thing that which is very interesting and kind of strange, I'm sure, to certain listeners, but I'm going to share it anyways um, because it's part of my... They put up with me, so there's nothing too strange you can say, I'm sure. 
Thank you. <laughs> For the past few years, um, every time I go on the road and I'm driving, I would see license plate 666. And in the last two years, I have seen those license plates come up on a daily basis. If I'm on the road uh, on an average basis, I'm going to see one. It's inevitable. But in the last two years, what I have seen is within a matter of minutes, it is completely trumped by triple sevens, seven, 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 God's number. And it's, it's become so amazingly powerful that when my son and I are on the road and we see the 666, we immediately put on the armor of God. We immediately rebuke the enemy. We immediately begin praying. And then we remind God, okay, God, where are you? It's time for you to show up. And within a matter of minutes, we'll see triple seven and we're praising God. And it's, it's so funny. Sometimes we laugh because we're turning into a parking lot and we're saying, okay, God, where are you? And literally, you know, the next row of cars after seeing the triple sixes is the triple seven car. And that's how quick our <laughs> God is. I, I perceive it as, okay, I'm being attacked by the enemy, but my God is reminding him and me that my God is bigger than that mountain. My God is bigger than the enemy. My God is bigger and stronger than anything and anyone that is alive or not alive because he is that one true living God that he talks about, that he tells us in the Bible. Amen. And you know, I love how customized God makes his approach to each and every one of us. I mean, I just, it it never ceases to amaze me. I have never seen, by the way, a license plate with 666 followed by 777. I just haven't. I mean, that's just just not how God talks to me. But there's some other crazy stuff that has happened for me personally, where it's um, a, a great pastor, um, once told me that this is she described it as godly winks right and mm, and that right. that moment where god he winks at you you know literally like some something yes. as crazy as i'm not a purse changer right i never change my purse i mean if i had it my way i'd have the exact same outfit every single day but <laughs> you know so my so my purses are all frayed out and when they fray out, then I get a new one, right? Because the, the other one is basically sure. completely old. So sure. most recently, literally just a, a, a friend of mine just gifted it, you know, and it was, it was a purse and it had a bow on it. And that bow to me stood out because it was like, it was so a gift, you know, and it was perfectly timed. And that was a godly wink. And so I look at the way in which God is customized and Wow, license plates, really? <laughs> Amazing. I know, it is. But, you know, well, I'm not just limited to license plates. I must clarify. He does speak in oh, other no, no, ways totally. as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that special, trust me. But um, it, throughout yeah, the don't. last two years, um, one thing that I uh, repeatedly received uh, through sermons, through reading the Bible, through, you know, messages on um, – Christian-based um, um, entities on Facebook and so forth is um, be still, wait, and trust. And three words on their own, individually, um, are are 
somewhat simple, but when they're combined and connected to the cross, they become the most amazing and the most powerful words, which, again, equate to the blind trust. My God is telling me to be still. My God is telling me to wait. And my God is telling me to trust. And the word tell, to me, is not just he's speaking to me, but he's commanding that to me. He's commanding me to do stuff. He's commanding me to wait. He's commanding me to trust in him. And this was very difficult to achieve. It was very difficult to arrive Mm -hmm. at this stage. Um, But now that we have, um, I am just so grateful for these trials. I'm grateful that we went through the manipulation and the abuse and the homelessness and the desertion and abandonment. I, I am grateful that it took all this for me to blindly trust in my God and to have him. I mean, I can't imagine going through these trials as a Hindu, as, as, as a Sikh. And I remember um, in the lukewarmness, I would be very careful about liking a Christian thing on Facebook um, two years ago. And now I could care less what people think of me because mm-hmm. I have so Amen. many Hindu Hindu and Sikh friends that I'm friends with. And um, I just know that God will use it um, for his glory, for his purpose. And um, it's, um, it's amazing that my son and I are boldly able to speak and glorify Christ in just, just verbally and in everything that we do. Um, I'm just so grateful to be here, have arrived mm. at this time. Amen. There's such freedom in Christ. Such freedom. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the, the it, identity building. It's kingdom building. It's, you know, joy giving. There's just no extent to which it ends. It's amazing <laughs> to be able to Absolutely. exercise that. Absolutely. 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 Wow. wow. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So we are actually nearing the end and you have such an incredible testimony um, and have given us a lot of insight and wisdom. So what are some of the, um, what would you say to someone who is in your situation when you were considering Christianity, not quite sold for Christianity, but considering Christianity and, you know, the person is from a Hindu background, for all intents and purposes, things are fine. What would you say to that person? What is it about Christ that is urgent for them to consider? Um, I would actually challenge them with a question, which is when you pray to these false gods, these countless gods, are your prayers being answered? And if they are being answered, do you have peace about them? Does God speak to you? because I know that my prayers were never answered and God never spoke to me because I was praying to the wrong gods. I was not praying to gods that were alive. And I would, um, I would really lovingly and gently present my story to them and, you know, share 
about uh, the Ephesians 6.11, you know, where it's talking about putting on the armor of God and its strength. And, you know, I would share the power of Jesus dying on the cross for us and how he is the only God that is living that came back from the dead. You can't tell me that any other Hindu God or Sikh God has been able to do that, to rise on the third day and to be visible. No other God has been able to do that because there is no other God. Um, And I I think, you know, I would just just take it from there Um, in in a very gentle and loving and a prayerful way, knowing that, I was so rebellious in accepting Christ that they would be too, but God is an amazing God and he's a, he's Amen. a God of timing. So he really is. You know, <laughs> yeah. So I can plant the seed and I can pray fervently for that individual. I can speak the truth and I can share what God is asking me to share. But ultimately it's between them and the God that I serve um, mm. for, for anything further to take place. And I love that you said lovingly, prayerfully, and gently, because we lose, we lose a lot of people as a body when we do not exercise in the example of Christ those things with which we have to use to deliver the gospel. And so thank you for, thank you so much for that incredibly wise wisdom. Um, And that's kind of an oxymoron, incredibly rich. Wisdom is what I meant to say. <laughs> that <you>. was wisdom. <laughs> but no, well, I think really is. there's a lot, a lot of juice yes. to it. So thank you for that. Do you mind praying us out? Absolutely. Thank you. Father God, we just praise you. We praise you, Lord God, for being our God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing all that you do for us. We praise you. Um, Lord God, we just pray for every listener that is listening at the moment. We pray that you would bless them abundantly. We pray that you would give them the boldness, the courage, and the strength that they need to honor you, to stand up for you. Lord God, we pray that you would give them the courage and the strength to pray for others that need salvation. Give them that gentle spirit, Lord God, that serves you. Father, we pray for financial blessings and blessings of wisdom and discernment upon all the listeners. And we pray the same for this ministry, Lord God, that glorifies you. We just pray for financial blessings over Emma's ministry and over Emma. Lord God, just open the doors that you need open. And we just praise you, Father, for all that you're doing. And bless me with wisdom and discernment and the right words to share so I'm able to inspire others that leads them to you. In Christ we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you so, so, so much, Rohini. It was such a joy and a pleasure, and I'm glad that you're going to be hanging out with us for another show next week. Absolutely. Um, time. My story's not finished. It's literally not finished, so we will continue. Amen. <laughs> Thank, you. Yeah, Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Definitely. So all of you who are listening, thank you so much for hanging out with her this, with us this hour. And I wanted to let you know that if you are someone listening in and you haven't accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, he loves you. He's pursuing you. He made you. He knows you better than anyone on this earth, including yourself. And all he wants is to guide you to not only a rich life for eternity, but a rich life starting now, rich in, in spirit, 
body, mind, soul. So please do not hesitate to reach out to us if you want to learn more about who Jesus is. You can contact us at contact at kingdomworkforchrist.com. Also, if you're looking for a church home and in the meantime you're wondering about resources where you can stay uh, plugged into the message of Christ in addition to the Bible, not in replacement of it, in addition to the Bible, please feel free to also email us. We're glad to give you some, some references. We're not affiliated with anyone, but we are sharing what we believe has, has been um, fruitful and rich for us and, and will be for you as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful and blessed week. And I'm so looking forward to catching up with you next week. Bye-bye. 